Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to the second Jets episode for Knicks, Jets, etc. Today, we'll be discussing the official COVID deadline opt-out, which was 4 p.m. Thursday, August 5th. We'll talk a little bit about the first One Jets Drive episode, which is the Jets version of Hard Knocks. And then we'll get into the nitty-gritty and talk about the defensive line and... We'll talk about the state of the Jets cornerbacks. All right, let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second episode for the Jets, for the Knicks, Jets, etc. This is I'm John Malika. Co-host Alex Trateris. Say what up, Alex. What's going on, John? How are we doing today? Good, man. How's your weekend? It's been pretty quiet so far. Didn't really do much this entire weekend, to be honest. We just chilled at home. Played Some a lot NBA. of NBA. Watched a lot of NBA, played a lot of Call of Duty. Just like took a weekend for myself to really relax. Nice, nice. What about, what about yourself? Uh just about the same. Just hung out. Um Played basketball today for the first Ooh. time. In a bubble? Since, since February, no bubble in New York City Park. They got the hoops back on. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was good to go. Uh, it was, felt normal for a day, so that was nice. Were you posting up? Were you doing some mellow moves? Were you doing fadeaways? Uh, mid-range, the mid-range. Mid-range guy. Just hang out, defense in the mid-range. That's where I hang out. All right. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Old school, man. Uh, and then I take terrible threes. Because it's double rim, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's tough hey, out there. Hey, we, we all see that video of you shooting threes at MSG. We saw you knock that one down. So, Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. We got the video up. We're good to go now. We got the propaganda going. We're all set. Take three to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, st- sticking to our uh, Jets topic today um, and the COVID uh, pandemic. The opt-out for NFL players was Thursday at 4 p.m. August 5th, and there was a total of 69 players in the NFL who uh, decided to opt out. So not so. Not, so uh, funny coincidence, but also um, pretty small number uh, for the entire NFL. Yeah, it really is. I was expecting a lot more, but I also guess that guys also want to play right like i don't think anyone really enjoys being home that long so it's it's shocking that no one has opted out of the nfl considering they haven't really 
put any guidelines to protect the players as much as like the NBA and the NHL, or even like for the half ass job that MLB did. But I'm just, uh, it's, it's kind of shocking, but not at the same time. What do you, how do you feel about it, John? Yeah, well, the NFL PA and the NFL really did some, uh, some pretty good work the last week, like uh, getting together and getting to an agreement and um, allowing like a stipend. Uh, I think it's like 150K um, or something around those lines. And then um, next year, if you don't make the squad or you're not getting your contract, for whatever reason, you'd have to pay it back. I mean, it's pretty fair, 150K for the year. Um, and so they're taking care of each other. So I, I think it's pretty good. But being that it's 69, it's, there's, a, there's a lot that came from our division. So let's talk about the Jets. Um, opt-outs, I, I, we hit on it last week. Most notably, we have C.J. Mosley. Yep. Right. Our big addition, you know, our big addition at linebacker. Last year, he was injured all year. And this year, he's opting out, which is cool. Like, uh, everybody who opts out, like, um, you know, for whatever reason, that's fine. Um, but in NFL, we kind of have this uh, next man up mentality. So, I hope C.J. Mosley's good and everything. Um but the the in, the impact on the inside linebackers and the salary cap kind of favors the Jets here, uh, at least in the short term. What do definitely, you think, Alex? Definitely for the sh- short term. Um, right, we had that whole off-season buzz about all the linebackers that we signed. Signed, and yeah, we got Peanut from got, uh, from the Ravens. That's right. Um, who else did we get? We got Avery Williamson back. We got Avery Williamson. <laughs> so I feel like that's an addition. Uh, and then we have and then we have the guys that Greg Williams really built up last year. We got the draft pick Cashman who played well. Yep. Uh, we have we have Hewitt and Burgess. He, they're good. Um, we got Jenkins. We got Ansuar. We got a lot of guys back. We got a, got a lot of guys in, at linebacker. I'm not saying just like just not not just talking about like inside, but we have a lot of guys at linebacker in general now. But definitely with the inside. Um, because was it? it's Burrs, as you said, Neville Hewitt, Peanut. We have Avery Williamson. And we got Cashman and Cashman. Yeah. So we're we're that's we're a solid def- squad. It's a solid squad. It's definitely a solid squad. You just put Avery Williamson now at the strong side, and you can use those guys on the weak side, um, which saves like issues with having to cut Avery Williamson. Right. That's what we were discussing. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so, oh yes. That, that like this is like one of this is. For me, it's one of the best things that could happen for our defense. CJ Mosley taking the year off. So we get the $10 million cap cut this year. Mm-hmm. So we could potentially spend it on another edge that we're looking for in Clowney. I know that there's some talks over there. And if we, I believe there's some uh, money issues, which usually is the case with free agents. We have a one year we have a one year cap relief that's not going to roll over to next year. You know, that 10 million is not going to roll over to next year. So I'm thinking maybe after the cuts, after this initial waiver period, um, this might actually work in our favor. For sure. I like, it's not that it's not something that I would say I like, you know, you always want CJ Mosley back, especially how dominant he can be on the field. He is a difference maker. We had a top run defense. I think we averaged 97 yards, uh, of rushing against us last year um, with him, like not be, with him not being there as well as losing Adams, you are concerned, right? With our 
front and how we can stop the run. But Avery Williamson is just as competent as he's not as great as CJ, but he's still a stout run block, a stout run defender, right? So it's a loss, but thankfully we have a security blanket with Avery Williamson, which is kind of weird to say since he was here first. Yeah, I mean, I agree with your sentiment about uh, losing a little bit, especially on the line, but I have full faith in our D-line, and we're going to get to that a little bit. Our D-line is absolutely nasty, and we are so underrated and under the radar. We'll get to that later. Um, But I have have a real faith in our D-line, and I really think it's going to be one of our bright points that no one talks about. Um, But you you hit the nail on the head. Avery Williamson coming back with his contract, he was a stud. He had, he had a career high uh, on the Jets, uh, 120 tackles, two fumbles, three sacks. That one little glimpse of preseason game with Mosley was amazing. We left him in too long, in my humble opinion. He got injured, of course, t- hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was just ridiculous that he was in that long. Um, and we paid for it. Um, and I think he's going to come back, and it's going to be beautiful for the linebackers. Our second guy, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, um, his name, his last name is Kolomatangi, I think, or Kolomatangi. Uh, he's a backup O lineman. He's spent some time practice squad between us and the Titans. He had he was active last year for a couple of games, but he never got any burn. And then the third guy would be Josh Doxson. So Josh Doxson is a wide receiver. He was like, uh, you know, maybe fighting for a roster spot, maybe not. Um, you know, he's pretty good. He definitely has his moments. Uh, I was definitely excited to you know see what he can do. But after finding out why Josh Johnson opted out for COVID, I'm a huge Josh Johnson fan. Why did he opt out? So Dawson in 2019, like in the winter when they were off, yeah, he went to Rwanda on a mission trip. Okay. To, to uh, I guess, like check out like their infrastructure and help out with their recovery after the genocide and what i've learned from mission trips uh i've been to a mission trip myself is you end up learning more about yourself and like you end up like gaining more than you thought you'd ever do so and i think like you know he showed it right here there was an there was an article in the paper where dotson was talking about how this is like such a perfect opportunity like you know he's getting 150k he has a year off. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, this COVID, you know, craziness with the NFL in his workspace this year. And he could, like, go do something that he probably never have it. He doesn't have a chance to do right now in general. You know, so I I, I love Josh Dawson officially. Um, and I think he's – I just think he's the man. Like, I think opting out for COVID and then going to Africa is a pretty solid move. You know what I mean? Kudos to him. I, I always respect people who do humanitarian work around the world or uh, just wherever you go. It's, you know, kudos to Josh Stockton for doing that. Can't ask, yes. especially during these times, can't ask for, for anything else. Um, yeah. With regards yeah, to, man. for sure. With regards to his play, um, he's had, he's had up and he, he has had an up and down career, especially throughout his tenure with the Redskins. He was projected the, the, to be the R words, the R words, man. Come on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The the <laughs> Washington football team. I'm sorry. I'm so it's so hard, and uh, it's just so hard to get used to, especially since it's such a bland name. Uh, but yeah, with the Washington football team, he didn't really have a career 
like that's been it's been so up and down man, and mostly down he was he came in as like this top projected wide receiver and he hasn't like developed yeah, but, such yeah but he could he could he, he could he could thrive and really make an impact on games in a gase offense like those are the type of guys um and i was trying to make the you know i kind of had this comparison in my head like we mentioned it last episode where coaches like adam gase like they want those players like josh oxen who are cheap who are you know obviously have their head on straight you know what i mean and they are professionals, you know, you're not in the NFL for this long and not a professional football player. Like, you know, they know how to prepare and show up when the lights are on. And I think that Gase always believes that he can like get the best out of that person. Just like, you know, Belichick does with a defensive player. And honestly at home, this is all we have with Greg Williams. I think that Greg Williams gets the best out of like our inside linebackers last year when there was a void, you know what I mean? Um, no, I can, I can get with that. Um, I just, I, I look at, Doxon as a guy who has had a lot of opportunity to shine and unfortunately whether it's been injuries or just I don't know man he just hasn't had that much maybe it's a chance with the Jets if he whenever he does suit up that's next year but he's not a tough you know he's not a tough loss for the team um I don't know I just I guess it's definitely not, yeah, not a huge loss for the team I, I think it's more uh, of a of a depth of a depth loss. I don't think that he, I mean, obviously he's not plus minus in the games, but I think he's, you know, I, I'm definitely excited to see what he brings to the table next year. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. You know, we have Mims, we have Denzel Mims, we have uh, Jamison Crowder. We also have Rashad Perryman. Uh, we have our we got set. some guys. We got Vincent Smith. We, we got, got some Vincent guys Smith. that are, yeah. we got a set, we got a set crew. You know, this is where Doxon was like trying to make it, as you already said, I don't know. I think we both agree that he's not going to be a key difference maker. You know, this is really his shot to to show that he can still be in the league. I I, I also have had Josh Doxson as just like a sleeper on so many of my fantasy football teams. So I've just <laughs> seen him throughout the years, and he's just I've had to set him to waiver so many times just because I've had all these high hopes, and he hasn't he hasn't done it at all for me. So I just just from fantasy experience. I wasn't expecting a lot out of him, and but kudos to him for going on this humanitarian effort. That's all I have. To all say. right, yeah, yeah. And I, just while just while we hit on the wide receivers, we got to mention Lawrence Cager, uh, mm. one of our wide receivers we got from Georgia this year. I'm actually really excited about him. Six five, two twenty. He's a pretty. He's pretty good, man. And, and those are the type of guys who. Honestly, who thrive, um, especially again in a gaze offense. If he's what he says he is, let's see it. Um, I am cautiously optimistic. But going back to the COVID opt-outs, one of the biggest culprits uh, of this opt-out happens to be the New England Patriots. Um, most notably, Dante Hightower, Chung, Marcus Cannon, their blocking tight end, Matt Lacoste, two newly acquired. Fired players, Danny Vitale and Marquise Lee. They have some guys. Um, of course, that guy, Tom Brady, he's gone. Um, this really is 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 kind of weird. I, I know, uh, and I honestly agree at some point, you know, at some level, like everything that Bill Belichick is doing, most of the time, the right call. And we have this genius, you know, mentality when it comes to him. So we think that he always has something cooking. 
I mean, like the Patriots own this division. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jets at least making a push or competing in those two games. Could I say that at this point? Like the two games versus the Pats will be competing and with no fans around. I mean, it's possible. Absolutely. It is definitely possible for the Pats to compete. I actually think they will compete. I know it's not – this is not a Bill Bel- Belichick uh, – Oh, they're definitely going to compete, man. Th- th- this is this is not him. Like I know, it's 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 hard to see the Patriots coming out on top with eight guys yeah. opting out, especially when and you Tom have, Brady. Especially when you have your top players opting out, and you also lost Tom Brady, and you're expecting Cam Newton to get acclimated to a new offense and a new style of system. I don't put anything past Bill Belichick in being able to get those guys ready. At the same time, this also may. And I hate even thinking about this. This may be an ingenious plan for him to tank to get Clemson. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that makes no sense. That's like, see, that that's the stuff that I can't. I just can't like. I can't even bring to the table and consider why? because why is that? Because bringing in a Cam Newton on a one-year deal, and then having all these people opt out, like. You have to if that's your if that's your idea that you wanted to tank 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 for Trevor Lawrence you wouldn't have brought in Cam Newton you know what, you know what I'm trying to say like that just wouldn't have happened so I think that now I guess that could be the consequence but Bill Belichick is going to have the worst record in the NFL that's what you're telling me right now that's what you're telling me Bill Belichick is going to hang out on the New England Patriots and the first year that Tom Brady is on that prolific offense in Tampa Bay Bill Belichick is going to sit in New England with no fans and ha- and be have one or two wins i mean it's, it's, it's not gonna hurt his it's not gonna hurt his win loss record and if he just has to settle Stop. for like one year just to get Stop. it i know it's most likely not gonna happen but you're living in fantasy land you're literally you're, you're living no, in that's, fantasy not, land. that's not fantasy land fantasy land is like the jets winning a super bowl that's me oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I, I'm okay just saying, like well i, I, I check is gonna have a winning record like, like or something close to it he's not gonna have the worst record in the nfl like, do you please think, don't even come to the table? Well, with that here's here, so here's the other option to to talk about uh, was the Trevor Lawrence uh, idea, right? If we're not going to talk about that, this is the other thing where why Bill Belichick wouldn't want to tank and what he would want to win to show that he didn't need Brady, right? This would be the, this would be the chance to say, hey, I got Cam first year in here, we in it, we got to the playoffs, we're fine, never needed you to begin with, and this could be it because. Let's not forget all those rumors and talks about how Belichick was upset because he couldn't get let go of Brady and start Garoppolo. So there, those rumors have been around. But this, this is honestly a little bit too much Patriots talk for me, and I live in Boston to begin with. So can, can we? Yeah, we move on. I'm, just, I'm, move I'm excited. On? Yeah, I'm just excited about. I'm just excited about our chances in the division with this happening. There, there's um, there's definitely a good chance to compete for the Jets this season. Yeah, just the one year because, of the, you know, just the one year. Like, let's just keep it one year at a time. Like, they have a chance now because of all this. And I really think it's something to be optimistic about. I, I don't buy that Trevor Lawrence nonsense. Like, I, I just don't do it. Like, he's trying. He wants it. He has ego. He wants to prove that he's better without Brady. These guys opting out gives us a chance. No, I lean, to- I lean more towards that. However, there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if he did go in that do direction. Well. No, there would be there would be it wouldn't be surprising to me if he did somehow like 
do all this to get triple warrants. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I know everything yeah. is like this. I, I just, that's all I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised either way that it goes. I'm leaning more towards him competing and showing that he didn't need Brady though. That's, that, that's, that's where I stand. Um, sure. Sure. But, but so yeah, just, for the yeah. Jets, for, for the Jets though, the, what I want to say is that, you know, the only team that we really have to worry about for this, I mean, we always have to worry about the Patriots. That's just, that's just plain facts. We have to worry about the Bills the most now competing for this division if we're actually going to compete for the division. And so the Bills you know, have no, the Bills have no, they no have zero, yeah, zero opt outs. You know, I thought they were losing a Tredavious White, but apparently he's still playing. Um, Tredavious White's a monster for you guys don't know. He's probably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL that nobody talks about. He's filthy. Oh my God. I, I, it, and we that, have Gilmore. We have Gilmore on the Pats. Like uh, you know, th- there's a there's a solid secondary going on in our division. Former Bills, Rashad Jones, and the Dolphins, and the safety. Like that, there's there's people uh, still around. So don't get fooled <laughs> uh, by the opt outs. Um, Brian Winters actually just signed with the Bills. Our former guard that we just cut. That's very interesting to me. I don't they even keep know. Ta- they keep taking our scraps on our O line and like. I'm just going to throw it out. They just took Spencer Long and then they cut him for Brian Winters. I'm just going to go out on the limb. If an O-lineman is not cutting it on the Jets, man, like just something's wrong. <laughs> we we are desperate for O-lineman. I think actually we're on the right track now. But I For the Bills, is probably adding a reassurance for their No, I think he's going to start. I think he's, he's start. If he starts, that's, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure Brian Winters is going to be the starting right guard for – the Buffalo Bills this year. The Bills actually had a decent line last year too, which is. But I agree. I think that I think that the Bills are going to be our toughest opponent this year. Weirdly, as that sounds, and um, just the man. <laughs> just the, the true. The last team, uh, the Dolphins had a couple of wide receivers opt out, but they're going to be fine. They already picked up some players. They're good to go. Um, but yeah, it's just just to hit on what the Jets are doing during this COVID and I guess training camp just open Le'Veon Bell is standing up for our team talking to Jamal Adams you know on Twitter he is looking unreasonably jacked okay (laughs) (laughs) he is talking about how he's motivated Adam Gase for the first time is talking about how excited he is about Le'Veon Bell I've never heard that before so maybe he wasn't in shape last year and you, you know, maybe this year he, the motivation and what he's looking like and what he's, you know, what he's putting up. Adam Gase wants to capitalize on. So, and with Frank Gore back there with our new running back that we drafted, I think that we have uh, a solid, solid thing running. Uh, and we will, we'll, we'll talk about the the Jets version of hard knocks, <laughs> which is, of course, just like some Jets propaganda. <laughs> um, really? But it's inter- yeah, but it's interesting. Uh, Joe Douglas, it's, you know, of course, it's, you know, talking about how great Joe Douglas is. But what I thought was really interesting in the first episode was Steve McClendon, right? Nobody ever talks about Steve McClendon. Steve McClendon is on our, on our aforementioned D-line. He is a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's a stud, came from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. He... Uh, and, you know, they talk about his leadership and they're stressing that. But I honestly think that his leadership in the locker room this year is essential. 
I know you were a little bit worried about it, but right now, as it stands, we have Q Will, mm-hmm. Kyle Phillips, Steve McClendon, yep. Batu Cassie, and mm-hmm. Nathan Shepard. Four homegrown drafted guys and McClendon. That's beautiful. No, it's solid. Um, I like McClendon. He's always been a vocal leader. Uh, he definitely brings that veteran presence that you were talking about, and especially with losing a guy like Jamal Adams, who's very vocal and passionate. He has that passion, not the same type of passion. We gotta stop saying that name. We gotta we gotta stop saying that name here. I mean, might, might, might have to be J A. Might have to be J A. From now on. No. So stick to that guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure out something else, but we won't have to say his name. Uh, former strong safety. Yo, like I'm just so sick of him, man. I'm just so sick of it. What do, you, what do we want to call him? The, the artist, the, the, the artist formerly known as Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's better. Uh, so we have after the we after the artist formerly known as Jamal Adams left, and we lost you know a, like a presence uh, of, of veteran leadership, vocal leader. McClendon does kind of fill that void, as you have somewhat led on to with the one Jets drive episode and one McClendon is in his hometown in Atlanta or a town outside of Atlanta with his own weight room that he's opened up and getting guys in there to train. And he's brought guys down from like the Jets organization and so forth to get them in shape and be that leader so that these guys can come in and, you know, start the season on the right foot, be dominant, control, control the line. Um, I like that. I like that we have someone who's doing that and filling up to, to do that. And it's, it's, that's the one thing I'll take away from that video besides him being like a really good father and just like, mm-hmm. like preaching to his kids to be like, to have strong beliefs about themselves and always believe that they're going to be great and work hard, that type of work ethic. I think the thing that leaves me, it's so hard when I watch these videos, man, just because I've been doing it for, I, I did it for <laughs> I such know. a long the time. Jets propaganda is tough to watch. Watching Eric Allen like interview like Revis, Cromartie, all those guys in the past too, and just like just talking to Sanchez, even when you had Tebow running out like shirtless, they had the same type of stuff, man. And as as beautiful as is to see McClendon being that leader, it is hard for me to just get that hyped off of a video because I've been here and I've done it so many times. But it is nice to see. Uh, yeah, but- I'm just excited about McClendon, like really his leadership. Like I, I love that that was like the focus because that's really what I'm excited about with him on the team. So we had, for those of you who have never heard of him, Kyle Phillips, the undrafted rookie last year. He was the only undrafted player to make the opening day roster for the Jets last year. He had one and a half sacks, six QB hits, 39 tackles, seven for a loss. And he was really good against the run. Um, I honestly think it kind of puts, I, I really think, that Henry Anderson, if if the Jets are looking for money, if the Jets are looking for money, I do think that Henry Anderson can be on the way out. It would it would be one of those trades where honestly, like almost the same way we acquired him, um, one of those like late draft pick trades that in the NFL that you look at, you're like, how is Henry Anderson, you know, a guy who you know was a who had was a beast? He had seven sacks. You know, including three on Watson with the, with the Jets. You know, in one game, how can he be traded for a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick? So in this case, if the Jets trade him, they'd save seven million. Yeah. So 
the next team would be able to get that one-year contract for Henry Anderson because he can get off the books next year. We get like a, a late draft pick because we're probably not going to get a compensatory pick for him, you know, if we leave him next year. So this is one of those trades where two teams just kind of help each other. You know what I mean? I'll get a late pick. So I don't know if he's going to be valuable on this team. He's really been flying under the radar last year. Um, I really haven't heard much about him this offseason. I know it's early training camp. Uh, what do you think about – what do you think about, I guess, the state of our D-line and where Henry Anderson – honestly, where Henry Anderson fits. Like, I know Louvre and Jenkins are back there that we mentioned as linebackers. I just feel like he's the odd man out. I think he is the odd man out. Uh, the state of the state of affairs with our defensive line, interior is going to be solid. Not worried about the interior. It's the edges, right? We always worry about the edges. We haven't had a solid edge rusher in such a long time. And our best edge rusher on the team right now, I think I would probably have to go with Jordan Jenkins, right? 100%. 100%. So, and he's on a one-year deal. He was actually more efficient last year than the year prior. And that's just testament to Greg Williams just getting the most out of him, which is just shocking. Um, I I don't know. With, with it's not shocking and, for me. He's been getting the best out of everyone, man. I, I really love Greg Williams on our defense. But I think the thing is with like Jordan Jenkins, right? It's We knew he was – we know he's decent to good, right? Like for, for the value that we're getting him, right? We're getting him for a great value. I guess I just didn't see him being able to reduce the amount of snaps and still be more efficient. Exactly. And yeah. that's, and he had, that's, he had an amazing year. Yeah. And that's where, that's where really just impresses me, you know? Um, so I think with Henry Anderson, he's going to lose that to Boo Boo and uh, Jenkins. I, Unless he unless he comes in just balling out, yeah. You know I, mean? but, I, I I could definitely see us maybe trying to get rid of that seven million. And as we know, Joe Douglas is on the move. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. He, who 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 did we lose? No, we um, Field Yates reported today that the, uh, the other day that the Jets had a waiver claim on uh, MJ Stewart, who was a cornerback from Tampa. He went to now he's on the Browns. So, okay. the, you know, the, 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 the Jets are making moves. They obviously know that they have some holes. We ha- we're talking about cornerback. We're talking about edge. We have Logan Ryan. We have Clowney. We have some new money coming in. Uh, I think that training camps are starting now, and we're finally starting to, like, look at who we have. Of mm-hmm. course, the active rosters are shorter this year with COVID. So, you know, I don't know if Henry Anderson is actually more valuable this year, you know, because of the uh, – shortened roster or his value actually lessens and there's actually no room for him. So I'm really not sure. He just feels like the odd man out to me, just from the outside looking in, he had a really tough year um, switching to Greg Williams. He seems like he has a certain fit and a certain system. And once the Colts switched, it made no sense for them to be there. And, and it really made sense for us to come to the jets that one year. Uh, he played great for us. And then once we switched to Greg Williams, he gave it a shot and I just don't think it's going to work out. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. I just, it just feels like another 7 million on the table that we could find to get a clowny, which would really change our defensive line or get a Logan Ryan, which would completely change the dynamic of our defense. Curveball for you. Who would you rather have Jadavian Clowney or Logan Ryan? Um, well, we could, we'll talk a little bit about the corners just now, but just to start it off, it's going to be a one-year deal, right? Is it not going to be a long-term business? I can't so, see. 
I can't see it being long-term, especially with the state of affair of COVID. You can't guarantee that type of contract right now, which is, that was, that was the issue we we're having with Jamal Adams, right? So we can't really. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just, I think that Logan Ryan wants a long year deal. I really do think that. So I will just based on that. I really would want just Clowney as an edge rusher for a year, solid, take care of business. And if he really does take care of business and he's, and he is what we expect from Jadavion Clowney. I think that we would sign him to a mega deal. I think that Greg Williams would be like, okay, this is the guy. And I think the Jets organization and the Jets fans are starving for an edge rusher. And any zep, like resemblance of an edge rusher, we will absolutely fall in love with from the top to the bottom. I don't think that's like a fan thing. I think the entire organization is starving for an edge rusher, just like we were starving for a quarterback. And once Sam is here, like our whole world changed. So I think that we are, I would, I really would rather uh, get Jadavion Clowney just based on that. Interesting. See, I would probably go the other way. I'd probably go cornerback. And I know, and, see, I, and I agree with you with going Clowney, especially if it's a one-year deal. But if they're both going, if they're both, and this is the caveat I'll add, if they're both going on one-year deals, I'd probably lean Logan Ryan because our secondary is just not that strong, man. And we can talk more into this, but... So it, we'll do that right now. All right. So I guess the last thing I'll say before moving on to this is that you know, looking at Logan Ryan, right? His, his last, this past season, dude, he's in his prime. He's 28 years old. He had four interceptions, right? Like he, <laughs> it's crazy. It's great. He had four interceptions. He was in on 113 tackles and he had four and a half sacks. That's exactly why I think he's going to want a long-term deal. I think he's in his prime. I think he knows it. And in the NFL, you only hit your prime for a certain amount of time. COVID is happening. Everything is weird. I'm sure no, I, training is weird. I, I, I do. I really think he's going to be going for I, a long-term deal. I totally agree. At the same time, though, right, if we're looking at the state of affairs with COVID, and if no team is offering, and this is where I say it, if they're both going for one-year deals, and I'd go with Logan Ryan, if it's only for one-year deals, I would lean Logan Ryan just because our cornerback situation is much worse only if it's one-year deals if it's a long-term deal then of course you gotta go Clowney because he's most likely to get a one-year deal but let's go into cornerbacks as you alluded to so what do you what do you got John all right cool so yeah let's talk let's talk about a little about the cornerbacks I I'm optimistic on the cornerbacks just for this one year just for the one year what I'll tell you why <laughs> what I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I don't want to spend much money on Logan Ryan. Number one, we have 11 million dead at the cornerback position from TJ. Okay. I mean, I know it's, I know that's not Joe Douglas's fault, but when you look at the books, you already have 11 million dead in the cornerback position. Okay. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Second of all, we got this guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is Pierre Desir. He's from the Colts. He was the 18th out of 112th on PFF of cornerbacks in the whole league. He's a beast. He's our number one starter. He was a monster on the Colts defense last year. But nobody's talking about him. Nobody cares about him. He had the best year of his life in 2018 when he was that rank. Last year didn't do too great. I am optimistic about him being there. Where our issues really come in is our cornerback two, right? So the opposite side, who would guard the second best wide receiver on the league and not the, not the slot. So the slot we're pretty solid in 
the slot, we have Poole, who was fantastic last year. He was actually our only cornerback with a pick six. Okay. Um, he's also a Gator from Florida. So he has that chemistry on and off the field with Marcus May, who Marcus May, I think, I believe that hit the whole organization might have turned, you know, in his favor ever since the Jamal Adams deal. And, you know, he's, he's been, he's had some injuries last year. He had a great year. Fun fact. We have the same birthday, March 9th. Uh, so Marcus May, that's my boy. Um, and I think that they, they do have that connection. I think he's going to have a, re- I think if he stays healthy, there was that one point where every time he was healthy and played, we won. Mm-hmm. And every time he was out, we lost. Uh, of course, that could have been a coincidence, but he, he's, he's pretty solid. Uh, so I'm okay with our safeties, with, with Austin Davis and Bradley McDougal and Marcus May. I'm okay with our number one corner and our slot corner pool. And we also just – we have an undrafted free agent that you probably never heard of. His name is Javelin Gudry. He's from Utah. Two players this year ran under a 4-3 in the NFL Combine. Henry Ruggs, who went to Oakland – because Oakland has to pick the, the fastest guy. That's just in their DNA. You mean Vegas? Oh, man, Vegas. Yes, I do mean Vegas. The Vegas Raiders. We are the bad Ra- with our teams today, man. We're just showing our age. <laughs> the Raiders. Oh. So, so, so the second guy to run under a 4-3 was Javelin Goodry. I'm probably butchering that name, but... There's a trend for the Joe Douglas draft picks. See Austin Davis. Austin Davis is a huge track star. We grabbed him. Javelin Goodry, huge track star. We grabbed him. Maybe there's something to it. We're getting these athletes. Um, I really think he's going to be uh, he's, he's going to be a project at slot corner. I'm hoping he, pan, he pans out better than Perry Nickerson. Okay, uh, but Utah had a monster defense last year, so I'm really hoping that the corner, the slot corner is taken care of and we have a kind of a future there. Okay. We have the cornerback one could be solid, you know, a B plus. Okay. CB two is where we get, where it gets interesting. So we have bless Austin. We got Austin Mollett who had fantastic years. Okay. Last year, I'll give them that, Mm -hmm. but they have Greg Williams has his work cut out for him. We do have, I do have very tampered expectations for Bryce Hall. Who was who got the most guaranteed money as an undrafted free agent? I guess cornerback. I guess up right here. I you're, you can't sell me on this the secondary man. You just can't. Sell the cornerback twos. No, you just can't sell me on this. You can't sell me on the secondary to begin with. Like I think, look, Pierre Desir is a decent corner, right? Brian Poole is probably the most secure thing that we have playing our our nickel, and 100%. that is that is that is fine. Okay, we got our nickel locked down. You know, maybe he could be like the next Buster Screen that we had. Please don't ever say that. Oh, yeah, you are triggering me this episode. (laughs) Buster screen and those penalties. Oh my goodness! If he turned into Buster screen, we have issues. Oh, Buster screen had like two good years. Stop! Stop right now. Continue. Do not bring up. But if he turns out to be Buster screen, we have lots of issues. I mean, I'll say this: he had screen had his. His falling out with the Jets was like really bad because he was, as you said, causing a lot of penalties. But when he first got here, for a few good, for like one two good se- two good seasons with the Jets, and then just started to tail off. But and that's what I would hope from Julio is yeah. like those first two years. But Pierre Desir, he's okay, man. Like he he's not a lockdown corner. I don't see him like 
you know, he's not he's not a lockdown corner. And like, if we're not getting, yeah, he's, a, he's, not, he's a really good number two. I agree with if you. We're, if we're not getting an edge rusher, right? If we don't have an edge rusher, and that's what our concern is, you know, this was the issue with last year. Like, we were able to stop the run, but people were well aware that we could just that they could just throw on us. And I think we're going to see the same thing again this year. Is that you're going to be able to throw on us. And you know, the good thing is like we have a we have solid safeties with May and McDougal. With our corners outside of Julio, it's it's going to be tough, man. We're just going to be seeing Pools. guys just, huh? It's just pool. No, I go. I'm going by his Twitter handle. Pool. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. It's Brian Pool. I just like calling him Julio. Pool sounds really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, but Arthur Mollette, Pierre Desir. Bless Austin had a fantastic Bless game. Austin, man. Yeah, he they played a, well. They all, you know, what I'm saying? They, no, they played they well all, last year. And that's the thing. We're going to be, we're going to be rotating these guys. And that's the issue though, is that when you start rotating guys, getting a feel for a game, you can't have guys just like swinging in and out at corner, especially. It's the weakest, it's the weakest aspect of our entire defense. No and that's the most, and that's, the, and that's what we were, we were, we were talking about last week, right? When we were discussing the artist formerly known as Jamal Adams being traded, uh, but it's not the same. We're, we're, we're talk, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about, we're talking about tiers, right? We're talking about yeah. tiers. And it's like, we agreed that the safety is not in the same tier as a cornerback. And the cornerback is, I think, a tier one, minimum tier two. These guys are not going to be cutting it for us. And I think we're going to see the same thing we did last year where it's not completely abysmal, but it's not going to be anything great either. We were ranked like, I believe it was the 17th. We were ranked 17th in passing yards allowed. And I could see us being somewhere between the 14th, 17th range again, depending how Greg Williams is able to squeeze every last bit of these guys on the field. I just, I'm just not as optimistic as you seeing that these guys are going to shine. And I mean, I, I think, I think, I, I do think that they're going to put a, I think that Greg Williams will put them at a, chance to be successful. I don't think he's going to leave them out there to burn, to be number, to be, Locked down Revis corners on an island. You know but what I mean? Of, and no, but and I, I, no, one, no one's expecting that, right? Like we're not yeah, expecting exactly. we're not yeah. expecting them to be like Revis Island or even exactly. anything, even Antonio Cromartie, right? We're not expecting yeah. these guys to be that. But we don't have a one though. We don't have a of course cornerback, and that's and that's the issue, right? But the problem is, Logan Ryan had, spent. Yeah. If we had a one, I would feel a bit more confident in our defense. Cause it's like, all right, maybe we could shift it. You can kind of, you can gear defense. You can gear your defense to say, okay, this is the weak side. This is where we'll have protective coverage. When we, when they kept going through the Jets defense last year, you couldn't do that. You couldn't, you would have to split both safeties if they're playing back to make sure that they're protecting the cornerbacks from being burnt deep. And that's, that's just an issue with what we're going to have. And we're going to see the same thing again this year, especially with the, especially if we got to go against the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Oh my God. I hate saying this. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Tyreek Hill is gonna have it. I'm drafting Tyreek. I want him on my fantasy team, man. Cause then <laughs> I'm gonna put I, I hate doing this. Like I hate because it's just, I hate when I have to put up guys and I'm just like, uh, this is gonna be money. Cause I did that last year too, when it was like any receiver against the Jets. I'm like, I can at least get eight points by putting like a wide receiver three. And I hate feeling like that, man. I hate I want to be able to root for my team and know like uh we got this, you know. It's not like the it's not the defense that we had of old under Rex Ryan or even like to some extent bowls where it was like locked down pass defense, but it is what it is, man. I just don't I just don't I'm not that confident 
and like maybe you see them being like a top not a top 10 no like maybe, not top 10 i won't say top 10 but i i guess I'm, i guess i just i, my, just I guess, I guess I my feeling i guess my feeling is is that you feel that you're, you're these guys are going to be above 14 they're not they're going to either be 15 or higher at in like past defensive rating and i just i i have it like i could see 15 anything higher than they're gonna that hang out they're gonna me. hang out around the, i think they'll hang out around the middle i i, I agree with you i Honestly, on a fundamental aspect, I agree with you. We don't have a number one corner. It will be our weakest point on our entire team will be our cornerbacks. I, you know, on paper right now, that's how it's shaping up to be. And I agree with you. And I think that weirdly enough, our pass catchers are our second weakest, you know? So we're kind of like on that game. He's the answer. He spent the entire year with the Tennessee Titans in the slot corner. So he's not, he's not going to be that number one edge that you think he is. And honestly, the last time we made a long-term deal with TJ, I, I just like, I can't, I just physically don't want it. Like, I just don't want to spend an insane amount of money on a slot corner. Like, no, thank you. I'd rather just, just give me clowny. And I think that Greg Williams has proven that he deserves a shot with these guys in the second year like Mollett and Bless Austin to see what he can do. You know what I mean? They have a chance to shine. I think that the slot corner, like you said, is in lockdown. And I think that Pierre Desir is always going to have secondary help. I, I literally always think that he's going to have a guy with him, no matter who, you know. So I think that Greg Williams could scheme it, and I think that we have a chance. Uh, I, I really would rather get pressure on the quarterback than just have another slot corner that's going to, you know, have some plays but I don't think he's going to really affect the plus minus on the team like an edge would. Okay. No, I, 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 I can get behind that, you know? Well, like I, like I said, my first set, if we're talking about two one-year deals, I'm going to go with a corner just because we need that type of play. Cause I have more faith in our line to get to the quarterback, even without someone like Jadavian Clowney. That's I our problem. Have, That's what's so I scary. We're so good at the run and we're so good at containing, like you said on the interior, but it's just so frustrating watching a quarterback have like a minute and a half to get some tea, get some biscuits, order something. Like uh, it just drives me insane watching Bro, quarterbacks have watch, a great time. We're gonna watch Russell Wilson. He's gonna play us, and it's just not gonna have to like roll out as he usually does. I'm gonna be infuriated. <laughs> well, um, one step at a time. One step at a time. I got before we head off on the. Unless you still want to keep going, before we head off on the cornerback topic, who do you think you're the starting? corners will be i me personally i see it's gonna be bless austin and uh pierre desir being yep. pierre being one austin being two and they're gonna have yep. pulio in the nickel so yep. mullet's probably gonna be rotating with all three all not pool as much but he's gonna be rotating with desir and mullet more than we really want to see though <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i think you hit it on the head and i honestly I want you to look at Bryce Hall just with with some optimistic confidence on the field. He, I mean, he got the most guaranteed money for a non-drafted player. That's something, okay? That has to mean something. That means he was coveted. So everybody knows that he's at least has potential. So, I, and if there's anyone that's going to bring out potential that's proven to us is Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Yeah, you know that he, he's proven it. So um, he did it with he did it literally last year with Bless and Austin, so, uh, <laughs> Austin Mollett. So, um, so I I just want to give him that chance, and 
I really think that with no fans or a limited amount of fans for season ticket holders, it's really going to play an advantage for the Jets. And as we promised last episode, we are going to go into our early predictions and we're going to split it by quarter as the teams do. So there's 16 games in the season. We'll do the first four, split it up in the first quarter. Um, in our too early prediction for the NFL season, but way too early predictions. <laughs> yeah, but let, we, we, you know, we just thought it would be fun to see what we thought. You know, sitting here in August when we're watching training camp videos, you know, and one Jets drive propaganda and Le'Veon Bell doing like getting excited about him doing like you know jump rope. Okay, you know how how we think that the season's going to end because there's always this. Uh, you know, every every NFL team, every NFL fan thinks that their team's going to win the Super Bowl before the, the league starts. We're going to, you know, go 16-0 and we're going to move on. But let's let's just see how we feel in August. And then we'll have another prediction show in full before the season starts. And we'll see how we actually end up in the end of the season. So at our first game of the season, we actually open up with the aforementioned Buffalo Bills. Oh, boy. Are we... We are at Buffalo, right? We're at Buffalo in the revenge season opener from last year. Are we going to be breaking? <laughs> are we going to be breaking tables with these guys or what? I don't know what we're doing. I don't know, but the Buffalo fans, if they're not allowed in, they will be a blast outside. I went to. I was actually at. Oh man, I was at the Ryan Fitzpatrick game in Buffalo when we were on a six-game winning streak and we need that last game to get into the playoffs oh, and Rex Ryan oh, oh, was a coach oh, of Buffalo. Oh, oh, okay. Stop, stop, stop. You stop right there. Stop, stop, stop. stop. I'll never I'm, forget I, the play, I, man. Him to Eric Decker and the cornerback for the Buffalo Bills was literally pointing at Eric Decker before the play. I'll never forget it. He's literally you're, pointing you're getting at me, him. You're triggering me, bro. You're triggering <laughs> me. You're trigger. This is something I just don't want to relive. Just stop it. Just so what's happening it. week one? Where are we going we're, week one? We're winning. 1-0? We're going 1-0. And the reason for it is because we do well in Buffalo and we're playing in Buffalo. And so no I, fans. And no fans. No so, fans in Buffalo. I'm down. So no fans, <laughs> no breaking tables, unless they're in their own home or wherever they may be. Um, Bill's Mafia is real, man. Bill's Mafia is real. They're, they're Actually, they're an awesome crowd, uh, even for – if you're not a jerk, they're not a jerk. That's how I uh, really play in – Away games. I love going to away games. I've been to plenty of Yankees Red Sox games in Fenway with my Yankee jersey. I have, always have a great time. I love to go to Jets games and places like Buffalo. We always have such a good time when you're like a normal person and you actually start talking about football. But man, they are loud. Okay, so I, I'm I'm happy that this is this could really work in our advantage. Yeah, uh, for me, it's just plain and simple. We're playing in Buffalo. We're good in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, we can allude to having no fans, but even last. Even the last two years, when we were even when we were up there with fans, we still came out with the dub. So, I got the Jets going in week one. We should have won last year. It was just a field goal. Our kicker sucked. Our quarterback like, had had mono already, but we didn't know. Oh, just I don't even like. Sam played well enough to keep us in the game. Our kicker just sucked. All right, I know. I know. It was just it was horrendous. It was we terrible. Brad Maher this year. If you wanted. If you wanted guys to miss field goals on a cheaper deal, you could pay me two hundred thousand dollars. I won't even make it. I won't even make it. I won't show up to the game. I won't even make. I'll show up to the game and I won't even make it. You can just put me out there. Crunch time. If you want to miss, I got you. 
so we we both got the we both got the Jets a one and oh. Week two, we got the 49ers coming a West Coast team traveling to New York with no fans. They're gonna be coming off a really close game with the New Look Cardinals, but they're gonna be coming in for a two-week business trip for the Jets week two and then the Giants week three. For me, this is a this is an L. What do you got? Oh, this is absolutely an L. They were good last year. They were running up and down the field on everybody. They they had they were in the top, I think, five or ten with least amount of points allowed. I see that just cranking that up this year. They got they were so close in the Super Bowl. You know, Patty Mahomes just had quite <laughs> quite a second half to pull it away. And chalk it up to the Kansas City defense. They also made some big plays as well. But I see these guys. They're they want revenge, man. They want what was theirs, which was a Super Bowl win. And they're coming in here. They're going to show up week two. You, you're saying it's a, it's a, going to be a close match between them and the New Look Cardinals. I can kind of get behind that, but they're going to see the Jets and they're like, just going to be easy, dog, man. Easy, yeah, dog. They're, they're going to, yeah, yeah. It's not going to. I'm be with pretty. you. And I think pretty. that I think we're going to be rolling into a two-game losing streak because after that we go to Indy. Okay. And Indy's looking pretty good, man. They got. The legend Philip Rivers, the hungry Philip Rivers. Uh, they got the, they just acquired the Forrest Buckner. They got Leonard and Hooker, who are hungry. Uh, Leonard is pissed that he didn't make uh, All Pro last year, so uh, which I agree with. Um, and even though their secondary did get weaker, and they do have a weak secondary this year, uh, losing Pierre this year is a big loss for them. Uh, believe it or not. I, I do see the Jets going one and two. I do love the Colts this year independently. I do think that they're a really good team. Their offensive line is insane. Uh, they got dogs in the defense and with Rivers running the show, I think they're going to have a really good year. So I think that's another loss for the Jets. What do you got? Uh, I would probably have to say I actually see this one as the win. I see them. I see the Jets coming in here because they're secondary – is a little bit weaker. I think it becomes a little bit easier for Sam. I think it, he can just take advantage of that. I think he'll open it up. So I think he'll help open up the run game too because of it. The Colts had a solid run game last year. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, like, of like course, going they're always that. solid. They're, yeah. they're always solid. So because they're going to have a weaker secondary, I see us going just attacking, going deep, attacking them. Getting a, getting as many yards as we can against them, and then it's going to open up for the run game because we're going to have play action that we can then use. And I see us actually taking. We're going to squeeze this one out. It's not going to be like a dom, a dominating game, but we're going to squeeze it out. Uh, and the Jets take the W on this one. All right, cool. So I'm at one. And, I'm at one and two. You're at two and one. Yeah. And to close it off on the first quarter of the season, we got a Thursday night game with the Broncos coming in. After just hosting Tampa Bay, uh, I know there's a lot of hype around the Broncos. Uh, they just got Melvin Gordon. Drew Locke likes to wrap young Jeezy on the sidelines after making some plays. I, 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 I can get around to that. Okay, like I'm with, I'm with it. Uh, they, got, they just drafted Cushenberry, uh, the, start, the starting center from LSU. I, they do have potential. Uh, I can see them winning some games here and there. I won't get into the Broncos too much, but I think this is a W for the Jets, especially on a short week. Like, give me this W. Thank you very much. Denver. We, we always play solid against Denver. 
especially coming, you know, coming in at home. Like that's a, that's a W for us. So I actually have this as a uh, – we're going to lose this one, but we're not going to lose it by much. I, I feel it's going to be like within a three- to seven-point range, and it's mostly because of the defense. And I don't – unless – like it always, it's as you said last week, it always comes back to Sammy Boy. If Sammy Boy takes that next step to become a good passing quarterback and he can attack – I know the Broncos weren't ranked highly last year in the pass defense – I'll also say that part of that is because their defense was out to drive because Joe Flacco was horrendous last year. Also, Drew Locke was like, eh. So they were on the field more than necessary. Uh, I see them being decent in the beginning. I see them coming out with a lot of energy. I see this as a Jets loss, though. Um, okay, fair. That's fair. It's and a I fair think, analysis. And, I think, and, I, and I, think, I think they'll stop, unfortunately, unless Le'Veon Bell is like going crazy and our O-line can – move the front their front Broncos front seven Broncos front seven is just insane um I am honestly so excited to control games with the line uh, you, you just touched on it uh, I'll just like briefly mention it but Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore with our new vamped offensive line I mean and on the other side of that we have a solid defensive line I mean the Jets are going to be a real squad in the trenches uh, I don't I can't remember the last time I mean, it had to be during those, you know, DeBrick and Mangold years. Woo. But, but like, I can't. I, I, I'm just having a comparison, but I can't imagine. I can't remember the last time I was excited about the, the Jets trenches going into the season. I'm excited. So, yeah, I'm just excited about what they're gonna do. I'm, I haven't felt this way literally in so long. So I'm, I'm just excited about this new, you know, improved Joe Douglas, you know, cultured team where we're focusing on real football. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons why you're excited. One, you're just a big JD fan and Stan. You might as well just put Joe Douglas Stan on your Twitter account. Oh, two, yeah. If I, if, I ha- if I could buy a Joe Douglas jersey, I'd have it. I might buy a polo. Two, you're wearing green <laughs> right now and apparently just getting all that energy for the Jets and giving you all this optimism. Three, let's be real. Yeah. I'm excited. Sure. You're excited about Becton. Love tackle. That is. I, I am very excited about Ben. He is a he wall, looks, man. He's a wall, man. I'm excited to see what he does. I, I hope he becomes the second coming of DeBrickshaw Ferguson. Like, I really hope that he never misses a game and that he is just like a wall that just no one can get by. And it's like Sam can always count on just like, oh, don't got to worry. We're good. Nothing to worry about, man. We're, we're solid. I'm getting this one off. Let me pull out the lawn chair for a second. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Um, uh, while we're on the topic, if Becton can be on the left and we have Cam Clark next to him, the left side might be actually insane. So I'm so excited about our trenches, man. I don't know how else to even – I mean, just really – I guess what I really find to be like such a treasure and such a, such a new – and it, such a new feeling for me is that we're not going to actually lose games – based on our o-line and d-line like just that fact for me is such a huge progress step for us and it excites me so much just the fact that we're not i'm not going to go into the game like oh we might not be able to snap the ball to sam today oh you know we're actually not going to be able to run the ball at all today because you know the offensive line is going to get mangled you know what i mean like that or the running back on the other team might run 175 yards on us today because we might not be able to tap him. You know, just like those feelings of like 
getting murdered in the gap before the game even starts. I'm not having that right now. And that excites me. Very low, you, very low bar. Very, very, very low bar. It's a bar. very low bar. <laughs> considering we were ranked, who were we ranked? Like 27th, 28th by pro football focus in offensive line play last year. Some Somewhere in the low 20s. It was horrendous. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that kind of wraps it up for the Jets portion. But Alex, what do you have for us for et cetera? So for today on et cetera, you know we can't go past without talking about this team. The New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. As much as Aaron Judge has been creaming the crap out of every ball that's thrown his way, we got some sad news, John. Uh, And I hope this is nothing like last year because I was so sad. It's repetitive, repetitive bad news, which makes it even worse. Giancarlo Stanton is injured. Dealing with that pesky, pesky hammy that it's been dealing with all year, last year, every year. Every year, man. <laughs> but like last year, we did, we had him for like the same amount of games that we've had him for right now, which is it's worrisome, man. I know. But you know what? The th- the good thing about last year is that we were we were good, which is like everyone like just stepping up to the challenge. So that was fine, right? And we got Judge creaming it this year. But Stanton is like he is RDH that really really puts pitchers in this in this challenging spot, right? And how do you, how do you how do you how do you attack us? How do you, how do you play defense against us, right? And I know Aaron Boone talked about that. They put him on the ten day uh, injured list. Um, you know they're just being precaution. They're taking precaution. The MRI hasn't been done yet. They're not going to do that uh, until Monday, and we're recording this Sunday night. Um, I'm a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. I'm concerned. I just from yeah, I'm well, definitely just, concerned. I'm man. concerned. I, last season, it was the same thing. And it's like, oh, uh, he's done. And it's like, whoa, whoa. This escalated quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I did not love the Aaron Boone comments on the Santa injury. They didn't really infuse confidence in me. Not at all. Uh-huh. I was looking at his face, and I think he has the same face that we both have right now, which is just like, we are optimistic, but we're very depressed right now because it's going to quickly go in the wrong direction. Yeah. We ha- I mean, we pulled up Estrada for yeah. Stanton. Uh, I do think that Andujar is going to come up. I'm kind of annoyed that Frazier is not getting any burn. Clint Frazier, he's, he, he, what he was a murderer. What are we doing with him, man? We're treating him like crap. That's what we're doing. Um, but eventually, it's not going to matter because, honestly, at the end of the day, once we offer him a spot on the New York Yankees in left field, it, nothing, none of the previous transgressions matter. Uh, and, spe- you know, there's one person I trust running a team. It's the cash man. So I'm going to – he he knows what he's doing for the most part. I don't love the Michael King pitching. I know he had – I know he did okay. Uh, after the first, the big maple Paxton not been doing so hot. If I ever see J.A. Happ pitch again, I might actually just start crying. Like I might uh, actually just start tears might just come out of my eyes. If J.A. Takes, <laughs> takes the mound. Every, every time he gets on the mound, I'm just like, what's happening? What's going on? I, I don't know how many times I can <laughs> go to the fridge and pull out a beer, man. <laughs> I may be out of a four or six pack <laughs> yeah, before, before we get through one game. And I'm not even at the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it actually really is tough. But I know we have Clark Schmidt waiting uh, to be called up. I am, I'm excited about him. 
Tanaka has been beasting after getting hit in the head. He's been actually doing so well on his like little rehab stint while in the major leagues. Like uh, he's been, he's literally, he's like playing. Sim- it feels like he's playing simulated games, but <laughs> like with the Yankees, he, it he, feels he odd is, to me. He's an Iron Man, dude. He's just an Iron Man. Like he, and you know, there's, he's there's, an nothing ace. Facing him. there's nothing facing him at this yeah, point, which is great. Which is great. That's what we need from our ace. But my God. You pitching. just know he's an ace. You just know he's an ace because we don't get run support when he pitches. Our real ace, Cole. There was some controversy about him that came out with the little little cap, little Coca Cola pine tar yeah. sweat. You know, sticky hands. Um, yes, he definitely uses pine tar. I mean, hundred um, percent or some form of it. Tanaka will always be an ace in my heart. Okay, deal. <laughs> but I, that, that, I mean, that's why I'm excited, right? I, um, you know, I know this is uh, the Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast. I know we're on the Jets episode, but just to hit on it, there are some teams, man, in the AL with a solid rotation. And in the playoffs, they're going to be scary. Like the Indians have a solid rotation. They can be scary. Uh, dare I say the Astros, even though they got murdered today and they got and they got into a fight today they have a decent rotation that, I'm oh, yeah, that that is the most triggering thing you can tell me right now is when i hear the astros i, I don't want to hear the astros i don't want to hear that team that team is Twins. cheated the, the 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 astros literally got caught red-handed cheating altuve what is he doing looks like you need those signals don't you buddy need he, those signals he had a couple of terrible errors in the field mm-hmm. and it was fantastic mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. Folks, that's what cheaters get, man. That's what cheaters right. get. Remember that. Right. And that I hate that team, dude. They stole it from us. They stole it from us. That that was our year. They stole it from us. And I'll keep saying this. Every time I see, I was down in Houston not too long ago, and I and I was ready just to like just go through the city, just be like, you guys cheated. You guys. <laughs> you, 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 I don't know hat. Oh, don't even think, an asterisk is should only be given to actually, you know. I don't even know. Better teams than that. I triggered you. I triggered you with the Astros. Oh but there, my are God. Other, there are other teams in the AL who are, are pretty solid right now. I know the Twins, who the Yankees generally own in the playoffs. Um, they're doing okay. I think they're kind of on the decline. But the Oakland Athletics, they are murdering out here. 12 and 4, 9 and 1 in the last 10, beating up the Astros on a casual Sunday. They're, they're, they're coming in hot. So starting fights. Yeah, we're excited. I'm, I mean, the Yankees, you know, 10 and 6. We're undefeated at home. We're still top of our division. Everything is okay. All right, everything is okay. We have to pick it up versus Tampa. So that's going to be an issue. Um, but surprisingly, the Baltimore Orioles are number two in the division. So I think things are a little bit early. I th- uh, I'm worried about Stan. I think that this podcast is very, very worried about Stan. Very worried. Are you kidding? We, if I could, we're going to try to start GoFundMe at this point. If it go, if if this MRI doesn't come out, we're going to we're going to, we're going to start investing into science, guys. How do we how do we help John Carlos Stan's hammies? All right, we got to protect those hammies. Those hammies are beautiful. We need them. The last th- the last thing John Carlos Stan needs is a GoFundMe page. <laughs> but anyway, no, that's a fact. I'm talking about for, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about for the the research that needs to be done for this. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess I'll end the pie on one last question, and there's only one right answer. Mm. So, oh God. I'm curious. So, where are you going to go with this? Oh God, <laughs> Brett Gardner. 
do you want to sit him out or do you want Brett Gardner in the lineup? I can't believe you're doing right this. Answer, Alex. I can't believe you're doing this to me. The only one right answer, I can't Alex. believe you're doing this to me. No, 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 don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. You know, my Yankee jersey is Brett Gardner, right? I love Brett Gardner because I, 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 I don't know where you think I'm going with this, but the answer is we need Brett Gardner in the lineup. We always need Brett Gardner in the lineup. I, I just can't, I can't say no. Like, yeah, like I, everyone is freaking out. He sets the tempo. He, he sets the approach. I mean, and it makes a difference. We don't, a casual fan doesn't see that, but I do think that Brett Gardner does set the approach at the plate. And we definitely need him there. He definitely does set the approach. He is one. Isn't he like, is he our longest tenured Yankee? It has to be. I think he is. Has to be. And dude, you just got to, he, he'll figure it out, man. I got faith in Brett. I, love I just Brett need Gardner. Brett. I just need Brett banging on the dugout for the rest of my life. Dude. I love Brett Gardner. I just yeah, love Okay. Him. So, okay. So oh, we're on the same page here. And I honestly, uh, we don't we, you dare ever ask, ask me that question again. We didn't discuss. It. We did not discuss this, and I had no idea where he was going to go. Stop but it! I've you, been hearing this. Guard- ever, don't you ever do that to me again? Don't no guardy, sl- no guardy slander on this podcast. This is a Gardner Stan <laughs> podcast. You got that? I will hang my jersey outside this goddamn house <laughs> in Boston to let people know that this is a Joe Brett Gardner. Uh, so, so for those keeping count, this is, this is a Joe Douglas. Yes. Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Brett Gardner. Yes. Podcast. Yes. Let's go. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you for listening. All right, guys. And uh, we'll be back later this week with a next episode. So see you later. Yeah. Please like, subscribe, comment. Tell us how we can make it better. Uh, and we're just uh, really excited to talk to you guys again uh, about the Knicks and the Yankees. Or Yankees. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Let's go, Jets. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.